Welcome to the Mothers of Misfits podcast. Join me for conversations about how to advocate for our kids in a one-size-fits-all world. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. We are all in for such a special treat. Erin Hall is joining us today, and full disclosure, she is one of my best friends. We went to Wheaton College together gosh, maybe 15, 20 years ago now, I lose count. And Erin is an amazing person in so many ways. She's also an adoptive mom. And she has an incredible story to share with us about how her two kids came into her life really in remarkable ways. So Erin, thank you so much for coming on to Mothers of Misfits. Emily, thank you so much for having me. It's so fun to join you and to share our story and It's so good to see you and talk with you. I know this is really special, of course, because of our friendship that goes back so far. And I've gotten to see this story unfold for you. So why don't you kick us off and talk us through your journey? I know it starts many years ago as you and your husband decided to grow your family. So just talk us through all of that. Yeah, you know, Andrew, my husband and I have been married now for 13 years and we were a couple six years before marriage and so we've got a lot of history together. And after marriage, we enjoyed just learning to be married and we had fun being kind of fancy free and being able to do what we wanted without a lot of extra added responsibility or to-dos and until one day those things changed and we decided, "Hey, we want to we want to grow our family. We want to have children. We're ready." We think we're finally real life adults and, <laughs> and we're ready to take this next step, start the next chapter. And so we decided, you know, I think we're ready to, to start having children. And so lo and behold, that didn't happen in the traditional way. Traditional being we struggled with infertility and having children ultimately was not in the plan for us. And so we started kind of considering our other options and decided that adoption would be for our family. And we kind of were afraid. We were a little bit hesitant. You know, how does this work? How do we go about it? There are a lot of uphill battles, so to speak, getting getting knowledge, finding a route to take, funding the experience, the adoption. We decided, okay, we're going to do it. We're just not sure how or when. So years down the road, we took baby steps and we started praying, you know, like, Lord, how are we supposed to pursue this? We know that it's going to be part of our story. We know that it's going to be part of our plan and growing our family. We're really excited about that. But what route do we take? And so we considered lots of options with consultants and national adoption agencies. And finally, being overwhelmed with all the options, we met with a local adoption attorney here in our small town in the Pacific Northwest. We didn't ultimately retain him. We just kind of had a Q&A session with him and said, hey, how does this work? Should we decide to work with you? What would it look like? So we took a few steps. He said, you need to get a home study. So we did that. And then we paused and we thought, well, we're not quite ready. We're not quite sure. We still like the fancy free lifestyle we get to live. We'll pursue it soon, but not yet. So we did this home study. We completed that. It was in our filing cabinet and we kind of put the brakes on and decided we're not quite ready. Andrew would be ready, then I would be ready, but we didn't match up. So a year and a half after meeting with this adoption attorney, again, who we didn't retain, we were in the car in a storm, traveling to the airport to take a family trip to Hawaii. And 
we're kind of racing there, you know, we're in our late twenties and we're again, just sort of flying by the seat of our pants through life, really enjoying things. And we're late to the airport in this storm and we're having a great conversation, you know, husbands and wives some kind connect in the car. And I get this call on my phone from an unknown number. And Andrew, my husband says, don't answer that. You know, like we're having a great, we're having a great time. We're planning on what we're going to do in Hawaii. You know, just ignore it. Who knows? It's probably a sales call. And I said, it could be our adoption attorney. And he looked at me like I was nuts because we hadn't really been in communication with him over the last year. So I did answer it. He said, hello, this is, his name is Marcus. This is Marcus, your adoption attorney. Are you sitting down? And I explained, we're in the car, we're traveling, of course, we're sitting down. Why are you calling me? So we were just so surprised to hear from him. And so he said, well, there's a mama in labor in your hometown, a small town, which is really unlikely. And she and her family have chosen you to be the adoptive family for this baby she's about to have. All I know is she's a little green. Um, she's coming any minute. <laughs> so we were in shock. I said, can we call you back? <laughs> Again, we hadn't talked to him in over a year, well over. And so hearing from him was complete, out of the blue, shocking surprise. So we called all of our family members and I, I kind of gave them all the same sentence. Hey, we got the call from Marcus. This is the situation. There's a baby coming. We don't know anything about the birth family. You know, I don't want to hear your opinions, but just pray that we'll make the right choice. And so I ended up calling all of these family members. Andrew and I talked intensely for the remaining car ride. We never made it to the airport and instead turned around and held our baby girl four hours after she was born. Um, no questions asked. She was ours. And it was an incredible, raw, emotional experience meeting this birth family and holding this baby. And it was just a wild experience to grow our family in a couple of hours. I can only imagine the roller coaster of emotions that you experienced in a very short period of time. Just to think, I mean, that is certainly, I don't know if there is a normal adoption process, but that certainly wasn't it. And <laughs> the surprise of it is so exciting. You know, you talked about something in your story that I think is important to touch on, which is when you talk to your family, you said, I don't want your opinions, but I want your support and I want your prayers. Can you flush that out a little bit more? I'm sure there's lots of people loving, well-intended, who are happy to give their opinion, but I could mm -hmm. also see how that could be very dangerous, particularly to you as a couple, as you're making some really big decisions for your family. So what are your thoughts on how you strike the balance between bringing other family into the fold and getting their support while not feeling like you have a hundred voices probably saying mm -hmm. different things? Yeah, that's a really good question. And there are so many questions rolled up into that big one. And I said kind of at the beginning of the story that, hey, Andrew and I decided we're real adults, so to speak, you know, we feel responsible enough to take on this next chapter. And I think part of that was not only feeling like we're a unit as a couple, but also with that unity between us came a little bit of autonomy from our families and that is a is something that happens incrementally i think at least in our experience the longer we've been married um and we're still learning to do it now but i think learning to have strength in in certain scenarios life scenarios and learning to have vulnerability and humility in other scenarios is really important and this was a time when we really thought man we have been praying 
and asking God truly to bless us with a family and also the wisdom to recognize the way to go about doing that. And I think with the, the months and years of doing that and practicing that and hoping for that provision, we felt confident to say, hey, we're trusting what we believe and who God is in this situation instead of what you know our family members may think. They wanted to give opinions to protect us from unknowns and things. We really just felt like this is our family and we need to figure out how to build it together. There's so much faith in your story and this hope. It will work out. And I and I love that because you've had to put a lot of faith in the process and, of course, a lot of faith in God that there is a bigger story here. And it's not one that you could write, but it was perfectly written for you. So you had Marie and literally overnight became a mom. What was it like those first couple of weeks? Didn't have this time to, I mean, I know you were in this process and had the intention to adopt, but there really wasn't a lot of lead up to just get yourself emotionally prepared to be a mom. I mean, you didn't even have the stuff, right? Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. We come from, especially my husband comes from a family that's really traditional and into passing things down. And, and I love that because it's it's a wonderful blessing to, you know, live through traditions and kind of carry them on. And so the only thing we had was a bassinet that started with Andrew's grandfather at the white, beautiful white wicker, old bassinet that we had in the basement under a big white sheet. That's all we had. That's all the tangible baby stuff that we had in our home. And so we're at the hospital. Marie was born on a Thursday and we're there. And I just called my mom and said, mom, like we live in a small town. I need baby stuff today. So we only have a Walmart and a Target. And she went and filled our home while we were still in the hospital with all things, baby cribs and bassinets and sheets and clothes and washcloths. And it was so wonderful to feel just showered by people. And there was no way I was going to leave the hospital to shop for those things myself. And so it was a tremendous blessing. To, to be able to have others provide for us while we were meeting and getting to know this new life that would be ours. But over the next weeks and even months to come, it was a crazy transition because I immediately quit my job and became a mom. It was a really wild, fast whirlwind of a transition that was very challenging, but also very welcome. So now let's talk about Mr. Jude, <laughs> as he's about seven months old, and he too made a very grand entrance into your lives. So talk to us about yes. that. How did Jude become a member of the family? You know, I'm learning that we've developed a pattern that Andrew and I are kind of slow on the uptake of planning toward <laughs> making concrete plans for growing our family. And so similarly to the scenario with Marie, we got a home study, we emailed Marcus, almost a year prior saying, hey, you know, we think we might want to add to our family. We're not really sure. So he said, the only thing you need to do again, it's as you know, is get a home study. And so that's what we did. And we just filed it again in our back office and kept it for another rainy day. And that rainy day came uh, in mid-January. My family and I really enjoy snow skiing and Marie is four and learning to ski. And so we've really invested a lot of time into enjoying that as a family, making that a family activity. We had spent the day at our local ski joint that Saturday and came home exhausted and tired and we threw a freezer meal into the oven and while it was baking got a call from lo and behold our adoption attorney saying hey there's this baby and he is needing a family and his bio family has chosen you guys and so we looked at each other Andrew and I we just flipped a cartoon on from Marie and kind of got into some nitty-gritty with the adoption attorney and 
45 minutes later, we had a son who we hadn't met yet. And it was extremely emotional and intense. And uh, I like to say that we burned a meal because we didn't get back to that dinner in the oven, but we, we gained a son. And so it was a wonderful, joyful surprise that didn't require a trip cancellation as Marie's <laughs> arrival did. And so anyway, nonetheless, a happy surprise we were excited to, to take on. Yeah, I think that was a pretty good trade-off. You lost out on a vacation to Hawaii and a freezer meal, but you got two incredible kids in exchange. So yes. I'd say I'd say you made out uh, pretty well in that. Mm-hmm. No doubt. So Jude had some complications at birth. He came pretty early. So how was that? Because that was a, a different experience. He spent quite a lot more time in the hospital, right? Yeah, he was in a hospital actually in another town about an hour to an hour and a half away. And he was in the NICU. He was born uh, eight weeks, eight to 10 weeks early. And so he needed to stay. He needed some extra care. He needed to learn um, some things that babies don't usually learn at his age because he wouldn't normally have been born. And so here, this teeny tiny babe, he was three pounds when he was born, was kind of fighting and you know, learning to grow and eat and monitor his own temperature. He just needed a lot of hands-on care. And so we were told he was going to be in the hospital for a couple of months. And he ended up only being in for about four weeks. So during that time, we were going back and forth each day. My husband and I would trade off days. So one of us could be home with Marie and one of us could be in the hospital with Jude. And we got to know some wonderful nursing staff and also this sweet little bundle who was going to be ours. And he grew fast and was strong and healthy a lot more quickly than was anticipated. And so we got to come home a lot sooner. He came home, like I say, after four weeks instead of the full eight to 10. He was expected initially to stay in the hospital. So we drove home with a baby. It was only four and a half pounds, kind of a scary drive, but a happy one nonetheless to pull in our driveway and introduce him to his sister who couldn't visit the hospital during that time. So another quick, unexpected transition that we had to navigate, but again, a joyful one that's worked out in every way. How has Marie been as a big sister? Oh, it's so fun. It's so fun to see her in a place where we see strangers, which is kind of unusual during this funny COVID pandemic season. But she'll say, this is my baby brother. His name is Jude. He's seven months. He's big and strong. He was supposed to be small. But, you know, she introduces him with such <laughs> pride and and she loves to think she's teaching him and giving him his first foods. And so she's a big help. And she's pretty proud to be a big sister. She's a little mama. Oh, no doubt. So let's talk about some of the challenges of being an adoptive parent. What do you think are the biggest ones? Oh, wow. You know, I think for as many adoption stories as there are in the world, there are probably that many challenges. But I think the first challenge is just knowing that we built our family, which is wonderful. We're thankful for it. You know, I love my family fiercely. I think the hardest thing, though, is knowing that my children were separated from their first families. So there's an automatic loss that grew my family and that is, you know, knitting my family together. And so I think that for me is the hardest thing. I anticipate conversations that we'll have with our children and explain, you know, 
answer hard questions that they may have. And I worry a little bit and I just ultimately want to make sure that they know how loved they are and how wanted and desired they are by us and also how loved they are by their biological families, their first families. And I think beginning to discuss some of those big things, even now with Marie, who's understanding a lot of that, having just adopted Jude out of the blue, she's asking some challenging questions and we're being as honest as we can at an age appropriate level um, to answer those. And so it's wonderful, but it has its sad moments too. I bet. And you've also talked about the fact that your kids don't look like you. Oh, yes. Yeah, both of our children have the most beautiful blonde hair and blue eyes. I mean, just ocean and icy blue eyes. And I don't. I have brown skin, brown eyes and brown hair. And Marie loves to say, Mama, when am I going to have brown skin like you? Or how come I have to wear extra sunblock? Or, you know, those kinds of things. And so just navigating when we go out in public people ask questions where did your daughter's blonde hair come from or you know why is your skin sun so beautifully pink and yours is so olive those are people are naturally curious but i think sometimes people are more open in asking questions than maybe they would be if they thought about the implications of asking those questions in front of little little people who don't understand everything yet so there are certainly challenges in our home, but also out at the grocery store. And for those people that you pass by in the grocery store or in town and are curious and have those kinds of questions, what would you like them to know? I think it's it's obvious in our family that adoption is a part of the story. And so I think because people are naturally curious and, and I expect that people will continue to ask questions, I think rather than being defensive and overly protective when people ask the questions, I just want people to know and see how much love we have in our home for our children and our children for us. And even though our story might appear to some as atypical. It's full of joy and excitement and fun memories and blessing and, and love. And I don't know, we're a team. We're team Paul, and I want people to know that we're a unit. That's beautiful. And so well said and so true of the Hall family. So now we don't have time to list them all by any means, because I know there are so many joys, like you just addressed, all of the love, all of the memories, all of the incredible moments that you now have in your life in a fuller house in many ways. But what would you say are the greatest joys of having Marie and Jude in your life? Like you say, there are so many. I think the way that both children came into our home has been a huge joy. Just they are truly gifts. We didn't pursue them. They didn't come after a, a long relationship with a birth family. They were complete surprises. And knowing who provided that surprise is a huge joy. Another joy, I think, is just being a mom. You know, I think it, it is kind of a sad thing to go through infertility. It's painful. I think whenever you have a dream and the dream doesn't work out the way you initially expect it to, there is, there's a little bit of loss. It's a sorrowful thing. But joy has certainly come with our children. And that mourning, that sorrow is not even a glimpse of what it used to be. We are completely satisfied and completely in our element 
I think just being a mama, which is ultimately a dream I didn't know I had, I didn't know it was such a great dream, I guess, and feeling that that is, it's here, it's realized. This dream is actualized and I get to be the mama I always wanted to be is the greatest joy of being a parent. I think any mother could say something similarly, How, however her children came to her. You mentioned a minute ago about the relationship with the biological family. You have a closed adoption, and I know there are probably a lot of pieces of advice out there about open versus closed, and I know there are advantages and disadvantages with both. What are your thoughts on an open versus closed adoption? Oh, this is a really challenging question because I can only speak to our story, but one of our adoptions is closed and one of them is partially open. In either case, though, I am still in contact with both birth families and I'm still excited and and more than happy to provide updates and some pictures and just, hey, this little one is doing so great. She or he is developing. Um, This child is strong and loved and we're making memories. And I want to continue to reassure these first families that they are family in a roundabout way and that they're not forgotten and we're not imagining that adoption didn't happen. I think in my heart of hearts, if an open adoption is possible, however small, because it means a lot of different things. It could mean, you know, we all get together for holidays or it could mean we send pictures once a year. I think maintaining some kind of a thread, some kind of a lifeline to a bio family is extremely important. While it might make me, if I'm honest, feel a little bit vulnerable sometimes, I love my children so much and I never want them to have any hint that I would want to hide the truth from them or that where they come from is less than somehow. So I think ultimately the final answer I would give is that some sort of open adoption I think would be an ideal in a perfect world, but I understand why there are needs for closed adoptions. What advice would you give to listeners who are considering adoption? Oh, I would say if that is in your mind, if that is on your heart, I would say pursue it. And that doesn't mean necessarily that you will adopt, but I think dig in, look, consider whether it's international, domestic, through foster care, consider it because when you hold that child in your arms, however old or young that child is that you bring into your home, you will instantly fall in love. And I just think we were built for connection pursue it and don't give up. And family can be built, as I said many times, family can be built in a lot of different ways and love covers a lot of gaps that may initially exist. If you're pursuing adoption, go for it. Don't quit. Don't give up. Erin, what is in store for the Hall team? (laughs) Well, we have another skier to add to the family. (laughs) Right. Right. You might very literally be a team, a ski team one day. You know, golly, there are so many things. I think immediately we're going to start pursuing homeschool in this crazy time with our now preschool or pre-K, our daughter, and that's going to be a big adventure. I think just learning, continuing to work on our schedule, continuing to knit us together as a unit and, and build relationship and friendship between our children as they get bigger and just enjoying life, learning to be a mother. <laughs> and we learn every day. And so continuing to do that is going to be very important as they continue to grow and ask more hard questions. I cannot wait to 
be a part of all your journeys as a friend. I hate the fact that we are separated by so many miles. Erin is mm-hmm. way out on the West Coast. And of course, I'm out here in Pittsburgh, but we try really hard to get together every couple of years. And as our kids get a little bit older and more independent, that becomes easier and easier. But Erin, this is, again, such a special treat. It is so wonderful to have this conversation with you and to share it with everyone listening. Thanks again for coming on. It, it really does mean a lot. Well, thanks so much, Emily. I really appreciate it. It's so fun to share our story. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Mothers of Misfits podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. We also invite you to visit us at mothersofmisfits.com.